a moment there to light my stogie. <laughs> this, uh, oh, I tell you, the world just gets funnier by the minute. Um, so, I've been uh, killing time here on my labor, or my Memorial Day weekend. Um, the History Channel had um, A series called The World Wars on tonight. And, uh, you know, I'd seen it a few times before. And I, I kind of, I watch so much history and read so much that this, uh, This didn't really catch my my eye, you know. Once you've watched a series, a mini series or a show, whatever um, you would call this, uh, uh, several times, I mean, you, you just kind of like, eh, you know, you don't want to watch the fourth. But I was trying to find something, you know, patriotic like on. Uh, on television or Hulu, actually, but could, couldn't quite pull it off. So I watched um, the WWE Network. I figure I might as well use my subscription more than you know once a month when they have a big show. So uh, I think they've got a couple big shows coming up in the next few weeks on uh, Saturday and Sunday nights. But anyways. They've been doing this uh, docu-series, documentary or mini-series on uh, The Undertaker. And uh, it's called The Last Ride. And it's uh, basically a, a weekly show. There won't be another one until um, a little later in June. So I, that's why I think they got a couple 
big shoes planned for big wrestling shoes uh, but uh, in this one you know they went through his um, his matches that were kind of uh, terrible in recent years um, the match he had with Goldberg I think it was in Saudi Arabia uh, that was just horrible, hard to watch because, uh, Undertaker had always been such a good, uh, wrestler, a good worker in the ring. And, uh, you know, now that he's in his fifties and he was, you know, 30 pounds or more overweight and, uh, it showed and he had a hard time, you know, bumping for Goldberg and, Goldberg tried to pick him up into a suplex jackhammer thing and, uh, you know, just couldn't get him. Goldberg couldn't pick him up because Goldberg's not, still is not experienced enough as a wrestler to uh, overcome somebody sandbagging. Uh, and Undertaker wasn't athletically strong enough anymore to help Goldberg with uh, the move to do the, uh, the Undertaker's part to push himself up into the suplex position and straighten his legs out. So it kind of just ended up being Goldberg falling backwards onto Undertaker's head. Um, and then there was the Roman Reigns match at WrestleMania where, you know, Reigns took the title of whose yard it is from the Undertaker. Um, and, and it, you know, it showed there were a lot of botches by Taker. Um, but the things that were a lot more uh, interesting and made you feel a little bit better were, um, he said that, um, or his wife, Michelle McCool, you know, said that, she, that he really fell in love with her uh, because she could throw a, a football with a spiral. And he said that, you know, Taker takes over the store and says, you know, it was a TV day and he brought a little football to the arena and people were, they were throwing it around and, there were a lot of wounded duck passes, and she picked it up off the floor and threw it to him about a 35-yard perfect spiral. And so uh, that was when he really started putting the moves on her, she said. And uh, that was kind of cool that you know he fell in love because she could throw a football spiral. And... Uh, also, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Vince McMahon uh, looking aged uh, in recent years. Uh, I don't know when this documentary was shot exactly, but it's been in the last, over the last couple of years. Um, and a, a lot of it, I think, took place in the last year with like the interviews and things of that nature. And uh, recently, uh, Taker signed a 15-year 
deal with WWE. Uh, so, you know, he'll be, you know, doing... I'm sure he won't be wrestling for all of those 15 years because it takes him up till the age of 70. So, you know, he'll probably wrestle, I think, one more match uh, at next WrestleMania, whenever that is. And then he will uh, be a, a Hall of Famer and go on uh, to, you know, help out backstage in some sort of role, uh, developing young guys. But during the time, there was a time when uh, Undertaker's contract had expired. Uh, and this was uh, recently. And it showed him going to Vince McMahon's office to talk about the future. Which means talk about uh, a contract. So I'm assuming these video of Vince McMahon that I just saw was uh, pretty recent. Uh, anyway, the point of it is Vince had just come from working out at the, uh, the gym in the WWE headquarters. And he's still at 70 plus years old his body looks you know like a, a 40 year old bodybuilder uh i mean you could see the muscle definition through his clothing you could see the size on his biceps uh there was no fat on his arms there was uh you know his forearms were still very um Uh, very muscular. His, you could see his back muscles through his shirt and his traps and his lats and uh, even his inner back was sticking out tremendously, which is uh, a part of the back that even a lot of bodybuilders have a hard time developing or just neglect to develop. And you know, here's Vince McMahon at 70 walking in there like all hulked up and you know buff looking so uh i think we've got a a lot more years of vince mcmahon left if you're a wrestling fan and that little uh tidbit that was supposed to be like two minutes ended up being like eight minutes but anyhow uh, i'm going to go over some Things that, uh, since we're talking about race now, because of Joe Biden's stupidity, uh, now the race card is back in the presidential election talk in a major way. Um, as I've discussed in other podcasts, the black community... Um, the black community uh, has typically voted Democrat since the 1960s. Um, 
up until the 60s, black folks in America were traditionally Republicans for uh, 100 years going back to Lincoln. And so... The, uh, the great political switch happened uh, in the 60s uh, when you know, African Americans uh, became uh, more Democrat. And so, anyway, uh, and it's been that way since then. But I, I think this, it's not going to change in one year or with one president, especially with the media being what it is and still playing their narrative that Trump is a racist. Uh, uh, how you can say that uh, when Senator Tim Scott, the only, the only black Republican senator that the media will point out, uh, the, I mean, he is the only black Republican senator, but the media points that out. Um, he, Tim Scott pointed this out, you know, the 1994 crime bill, which, uh, you know, Bill Clinton pushed and signed into law, has affected the black community uh, more than it's affected other communities, racial, ethnic communities. Uh, Trump has done prison reform to, you know, change sentencing, change how people are sentenced, uh, make it uh, a little more fair in the way that, uh, you know, black offenders are sentenced uh, compared to, you know, people of other races uh, for the same crimes, etc., etc. Gotten some prison sentences lowered gotten some people out of prison that should not have been in prison, and so forth. So that was prison reform by Donald Trump. He gave more money to historic black colleges than any other president, and the law he signed was a 10-year law, so they will be getting that money for the next 10 years at historic black colleges thanks to Donald Trump. Uh, he's gone after sickle cell anemia, which is uh, a terrible disease that affects the black community more proportionately than other communities. Uh, he's created opportunity scholarships so that uh, bright, young, intelligent black students can you know, work hard and apply for a scholarship to go to a charter school or a school that's better than the one in their neighborhood, maybe. Um, so he also helped with, you know, the, the Senator Tim Scott and Senator Cory Booker to create opportunity zones, which are helping, you know, the low created the lowest 
uh, unemployment rate in the black community in 70 years. Uh, created, you know, jobs and incentives for companies to move into, you know, lower income, uh, poorer areas. Also, he is working to get, hold on, I got to relate the stogie. He is working with, Trump is working with uh, Senator Scott and others to get broadband internet into uh, poorer communities, uh, which uh, are, one, they've been working on rural broadband for a few years in Congress and hadn't gotten it through, but now that Trump's there, it's going to get through and it's going to help like I said, communities that are basically the broadband companies don't see as a profitable place to install the uh, technological infrastructure for broadband internet. And uh, this is target what they're doing, what Trump is doing, is targeting uh, urban areas too, so that the kids and uh, even adults can do more online training, online education. So maybe somebody that, uh, you know, a single mother uh, or father, it, there's some single fathers out there too, could go and, you know, take online classes easier, you know, much faster internet speed than what they have now and some you know classes that are streaming or video online you know require that broadband service so you know he's doing more for the black community joe biden says well i voted to extend the you know voting rights act when i was a senator well that's an easy vote you know that there's nothing you know if he didn't vote for it, it would look like he was denying black people the right to vote. So, yeah, that was an easy vote, Joe. Uh, he says that he was endorsed by the NAACP every time he's run. However, you know, the CEO and director of the national NAACP clarified they're a non-political organization, a non-profit nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political candidates. So whether he was endorsed by some, you know, local African American group or some, you know, local NAACP, I don't know. But the national NAACP came out and contradicted him on that. So he was lying probably about that. And it's the NAACP endorsement. Um, he is on the record of saying that, you know, well, you know, wherever the frick state he's from, where is it, New Hampshire? Uh, hell, hell's Bells, now I can't think of it. 
Well, anyways, he said that, you know, the state he lives in has the, it, it's diverse. It's got the fastest growing Indian population in America. And then he clear, clarifies people from India. And then he goes on to clarify some more. He says, you know, they're in every, you know, gas station and 7-Eleven and mini mart in the, in the state. He said you can't walk into a 7-Eleven in wherever the hell he's from <laughs> without an Indian accent. <laughs> I mean, uh, dude, that's, you say Trump is xenophobic? I finally learned what xenophobic means. That means um, you have a prejudice or hatred of people from other nations. So, I mean, isn't that like uh, xenophobic? <laughs> or I don't, I don't think Indians from India are a race. They're not sure what race they fall under. I don't care either. They're just people to me, but everyone's just a people to me. So, you know, this is the, uh, the, the racial politics of the 2020 election. You have no proof that one candidate is racist and he's called a racist, you have a shit ton of proof that another candidate is prejudiced, and they call him the can, or he calls himself the candidate for the black voter. Uh, um, okay, sleepy, creepy Joe, whatever you say, buddy. Um, wow. Uh, this is insane. If a Republican said this, they would be asked to resign from office uh, or, in this case, drop out of the race. You know, the only person that's talked about Biden or asked that Biden remove himself from the presidential election is Tara Reid, the woman he sexually assaulted, and the media is doing all they can to sweep her under a rug, but she refuses to go away. And, you know, to compare and contrast, okay, Christina Blasey Ford uh, had her moment to testify in front of Congress, and the female prosecutor they brought in to question her, who's spe this woman specialized in uh, interviewing rape victims and then referring them to uh, the higher-up prosecutors uh, to go to trial whether based on whether or not she felt their story was honest or that their story held water. And this woman said Blasey Ford's story didn't hold water. And Blasey Ford just went away. Uh, she does the speaking circuit now and speaks for you know, good money at, at universities and other organizations. But she's not out there in the press trying to get Brett Kavanaugh removed anymore. But Joe Biden's accuser has said she would voluntarily take a lie detector test. Uh, nobody's put her up to that yet, but she volunteered to do it. And then uh, she's staying in... She's trying to stay in the limelight. So 
whose accuser has more credibility, the one who sticks to her mission, Tara Reid, or the one who did a flash in the pan in front of Congress and is now, you know, got a book deal and is doing the speaking circuit and making money off of uh, her, her story. So, I don't know, those are just some random thoughts. Hey, the, uh, the FDA commissioner issues a Memorial Day warning, uh, says coronavirus is not yet contained. This is a, uh, a Clinton News Network article, so it's probably blown out of proportion, but Commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration Sunday urged Americans observing Memorial Day weekend to follow federal guidelines aimed at curbing the spread of the coronavirus, saying the deadly virus is not yet contained. With the country starting to open up this holiday weekend, I again remind everyone that coronavirus is not yet contained. It is up to every individual to protect themselves and their community. Social distancing, washing hands, and wearing masks to protect us all, Dr. Stephen Hahn wrote in a tweet. So if you're at the beach uh, in your G-string, make sure you got your mask on, as well as your Speedo and your thong uh, from, the, from your FDA uh, director. Uh, let's see here. So Trump finishes controversial malaria drug course to combat virus. Um, Bloomberg News reporting. President Trump said he completed his course of treatment with hydroxychloroquine the anti-malaria drug he's promoted as therapy for the coronavirus, despite an outcry from medical professionals about its unproven efficiency and potential side effects. Uh, I just listened to a video interview uh, on the blaze of a doctor at a nursing home, and they had an outbreak of um, oh, hell's bells, uh, coronavirus in their old folks' home. And instead of shipping patients off to the hospital where God knows what would happen to them, uh, they were able to keep them in the nursing home. And he prescribed to them and watched them very closely uh, with hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin and he said you know within six days all 56 or some patients were better so you know you've got some studies that say hydroxychloroquine will kill you uh, others say no it's it won't now hydroxychloroquine does uh have something to do with um heart arrhythmia but if it's monitored carefully and also you watch the dosage I believe uh, most patients that are seeing success with it 
from what I've read, <coughs> get 600 milligrams twice a day. I'm not 100% sure on that. And this is not fish bowl cleaner, by the way. And you should only take it if your doctor says you should take it. But there are a slew of medicines, this doctor said, that are uh, for, you know, things like depression, anxiety, and so forth, that cause the same, you know, heart arrhythmia. And as long as your doctor says that, you know, this medicine won't hurt your heart or that you have a, a good enough heart to take uh, any of these medications that uh, can cause uh, an abnormal heartbeat, you know, it's kosher to take uh, and it won't hurt you. Um, the bottle, well, I'm not going to even look at, I mean, in the picture, they have a bottle, it says 500 milligram tablets. So, and of course, you know, they make things in all sorts of variations of tablets and such. I think the biggest problem with hydroxychloroquine that uh, some pharmacists have is, one, it's prescribed for uh, malaria, of course, not that not so much in the United States, but it's a commonly prescribed uh, lupus drug, which I was angrily informed by a friend of mine that I'm selfish. She didn't realize I don't take hydroxychloroquine. She misunderstood my message. But anyway, uh, she said, you know, there's a shortage of lupus medicine in this country. Well, for crying out loud, hey, move our factories back from China and we can ramp up production of any daggone medicine we want to. But anyways, uh, hydroxychloroquine is used for uh, malaria, lupus, and arthritis. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure if you have arthritis, generally that's a disease for older people. So uh, if their hearts can take hydroxychloroquine, I'm sure it's not that bad. And, you know, they sent a ton of it up to the state of New York when uh, the outbreak was bad up there and you did not hear of any mass uh, hydroxychloroquine related deaths from, you know, heart, an abnormal heart arrhythmia or whatever, however the hell they say that. Um, moving along, uh, so Trump has completed his hydroxychloroquine tr treatment and is alive and well. Uh, he didn't die of morbid obesity as Nancy Pelosi said he would because he was taking hydroxychloroquine. And he's not morbidly obese. He's overweight. Uh, moving along, China has a super weapon. Chinese super weapons the world needs to know about. The Type 094 submarine. Whoa, whoops, that skipped a little quicker than I wanted it to. Um, submarine was first spotted in... Wait a second. Yes, 
was the submarine was first spotted in 2006, and satellite images of the Zio Ping Dao submarine base, and almost nothing is known about it. Uh, yeah, right. I'm sure our spies know a lot about it. Uh, who's reporting this? Kiwi. I've never heard of Kiwi Report. But anyways, the Kiwi Report. Oh, now, okay. My stall crazy. So, the type exceeds the capabilities of the Zero 92 submarine and gives China possibly for a sea-based nuclear strike. The submarines could hold up to four intercontinental cruise missiles, which can all be tipped with nuclear warheads. Uh, three out of four of them as reported. This is a part of China's nuclear triad, which consists of land, air, and now sea-based nuclear weapons. We also have nuclear submarines, by the way. <clears throat> Let's see what other super weapons China has. Should I text my girlfriend tonight? this Jio Long what the heck is that the Chinese are now one of five countries to have the technology to be able to develop a deep sea submersible capable of going to the deepest depth depths of the ocean floor The submarine also is also able to do tons of planet-saving research. Well, that's not so bad. That's not really a weapon, though. But can also be used as under to sabotage undersea cables. Oh, I see. There are some uh, phone and maybe internet lines that run under the ocean, like the transatlantic phone line, <clears throat> where Chinese could decide that they want to awaken. Mysterious sleep, that mysterious sleeping giant, Cat Hulu, hopefully just to use it for research purposes. I don't know what that giant sleeping giant is that they're talking about. Um, let's see what the next one says. One more of these. The Harbin Z19. The it's essentially a Chinese copy of the Eurocopter 
Dufin and it's China's primary combat helicopter with a 430 mile range as well as a high rate of climb. These deadly helicopters are used to carry a whole wealth of different armaments. That's weapons. Uh, they can carry everything from anti-ship missiles to anti-personnel missiles and even anti-tank missiles. The helicopter also has whisper rotors. That means you can't hear them coming. Whisper rotors and exhaust, which confuses heat-seeking missiles. Yeah, and they're kind of ugly, though. Well, I mean, they're evidently very functional, though. But they're not, they're not very, very intimidating to the eye, like the Apache or the Cobra. Alright, let's look at one more China super weapon. DF-5 ICBM. Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. Is what ICBM stands for. Um... The DF-5 is the Intercontinental Ballistic Missile, ICBM for short, with the longest range in the Chinese arsenal. The missile is able to carry a nuclear strike anywhere on the planet, except for South America, according to some estimates. Despite the fact... Pretty big, bad-looking missile. Um... On the planet except South America, despite the fact they are only estimated to be 20 of these missiles in the Chinese arsenal, they can still carry, take out 20 major enemy cities with New York City, London, Moscow, all within range. Uh, it looks like a two or three phase uh, missile, big warhead. Something probably to carry fuel and then a, a rocket device at the ass end. So, well, there was some information for you uh, about how uh, I think race is going to play into the next presidential election. Um, Senator Scott from South Carolina thinks that Trump will get uh, 12 or 16% of the African-American vote. Last election, uh, he got like 6 or 8%. And so Scott, Scott's his last name, by the way. Senator Scott thinks that uh, Trump will double that this election because of the opportunity zones and the other things that he's done with the uh, black community, um, you know, uh, I don't see Biden winning this, you know, they're, the Democrats and the news media are touting that he's up in polls, he's ahead with independent voters, and he, Biden is um, ahead with the female vote, and with the black vote, and all these things. Um, but Trump supporters are going to come out and vote in droves. Republicans have been voting in droves 
Uh, they've even outpaced the Democrats in the Democrats' precious vote-by-mail push. So, uh, you know, in my county, we had a, uh, a primary, and it was uncontested on both sides. You know, the, all the Democrats that were running did not have primary opponents and all of the Republicans who were running had pri- did not have primary opponents. And Republican voters almost doubled the amount of Democratic voters that turned out. Uh, so, and well, the presidential primary on the Democrat side was contested, pardon me. And we still had a larger Republican turnout just for the fact that uh, people wanted to show their love for Trump, and there's kind of a, a game going on within the Republican Party, um, just some of us telling one another to make sure and vote so that we show how many of us are willing to support Trump come November uh, and throw the Democrats' game off, thinking that they've got an easy road because they have the mainstream media on their side. Uh, As far as the COVID-19 goes and how Trump has handled it, he's done everything that Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks told him to. He he cut off travel from China first, which, you know, he was criticized for by all of the mainstream news, all the mainstream press, PMS, NBC, Clinton News Network, the uh, broadcast networks, and so on and called a racist and said, oh, this is just Trump's racist policy to shut down the borders. And, you know, then the crap started hitting the fan. He cut off travel from parts of Italy, all of it, then all of Italy, then parts of Europe, then all of Europe. So, you know, he did all that. He shut down the United States economy when Burks and Fauci told him to. Uh, you know, all these things. He got his contacts in the business industry and ramped up production of everything. Um, The respirators that we find out are actually killing more people than they're saving. Uh, You don't want to be on a respirator if you have this. You want to be on a CPAP or a BiPAP, doctors are saying. Uh, also, but you know, the, the politicians in New York and California said, we got to have respirators and Trump's not giving them to us. And the media picked up on that. Well, Trump got all the respirators and probably BiPAPs and CPAPs out there too. But I think they're using the generic term of respirator for everything. Uh, you know, he got that out. Then we weren't testing enough people. Now, you know, he ramped up the testing. And testing does not cure the disease. If anything, it's showing that, one, more people had it and did not get sick, which they don't put that statistic on the news or don't tell you that. Furthermore, uh, you know, it doesn't save lives. I just read an article that I'll go into more depth with on another podcast where uh, Japan is another country that did not do a total shutdown and they, uh, you know, aren't doing the amount of testing 
you know, per capita or on a broad scale that other countries are doing. Uh, and they have hardly any coronavirus and, you know, they're down to, you know, maybe a few dozen new cases a day. That's cases, not deaths, cases, new corona cases a day. And, but the Chinese or Japanese healthcare system, which doesn't even have a, a center for disease control, which everyone thought was the big deal, you know, Trump got rid of the uh, infectious disease center or something. You know, people made a big deal about that. China or Japan doesn't even have a center for disease control. It's lo all localized. And their nurses are great at doing analog, written out, tracing. So they find where there's a cluster and they isolate the cluster. They don't isolate the healthy people you know, and, you know, then try to treat the sick ones. <coughs> they isolate the sick in their little cluster. Uh, now, you know, Japan's a much smaller nation than we are, but still, they don't have a total lockdown. They don't have the economy shut down. Uh, they had a health emergency, which, you know, people did extra hand washing, uh, they didn't social distance much like the United States is being preached. And yet they're down to, you know, nationwide, just a few dozen new cases every day. So uh, th there's a lot to be said. You know, we, we shut everything down like the doctors and the, the models and the experts said was the best plan of action. And yet, our, our numbers are coming down, but they're coming down very slowly. I don't know who was right, who was wrong. Um, you know, I'm no expert, but I can read the, the information put out there by the experts. But that's going to be the presses and the Democrats' battle cry going into November. Uh, because now they have a prejudiced candidate in Joe Biden... They have Trump, who has done a lot to help the black community with the things I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. And before the coronavirus, we had the best economy we've had in years. And how do you expect Joe Biden to, you know, rob from the rich and give to the poor and bring us out of the worst economy since the Great Depression. Uh, th this is, you know, obvious we need a businessman as president, and it's been obvious that we need a businessman to handle the coronavirus outbreak in this, <coughs> in this great nation. And my sinuses are just jacked up right now. That's why I'm coughing, because I've got, so much sinus drainage uh, because we're going from nice hot days where you turn on all your fans and cool yourself down to nice cool evenings as soon as the sun goes down. Well, anyways, so now you've got a weather report from me too. I, I tell you, I do it all. I do it all. 
all for my peeps. So thank you guys uh, if you listen to this whole 48-minute rant. And uh, God bless you and pray for one another. And we'll see you on the flip side, brothers and sisters. Amen.